0: Jumping is like—it's a lot. Well, it's not. It's not even that it's a lot. It just is like—it's so hard to correct, mm-hmm. and it's—it's it's like the most annoying problem. Yeah, well, maybe not the most annoying, but it just is. It's—it's. It's, it feels like it's the most out of your control because. Obviously, random people can come over, and they don't it's not their dogs so they don't know what's going on, and they're getting jumped on. Right. And then there's also like like I said, it's just hard to correct.
1: Do, do you feel like the equivalent to that is like having a baby or a toddler who has like a meltdown in public, where it's also kind of embarrassing. It's kind of like your dog is leaping on people and you're just kind of like. All right, like, Right, exactly. It's something that you yeah, feel like sure. you need to apologize exactly. for, you kind of yeah. feel a little bad about. Yeah, but, I'm sure that's part of it. But you can't truth. control it. You right. know what I mean? It's like, hey, listen, my kid's crying. Leave me alone. It's like, hey, my dog gets excited. Right. He's a dog. Yeah. You know?
0: But so I am I looked, so, I, so every issue we come across, I just look up videos on YouTube mm-hmm. for how to solve. And overall, he's been really great. Mm-hmm. He's been despite like my anxiousness he's Mm -hmm. been like really good like he still gets uh ram a little rambunctious around the girls if they're being like super loud and running through the house but for the most part he listens really well he's really calm unless you get him riled up yeah like he spent the most most of the day today sleeping right you know i take him for a walk in the morning he sleeps, we play for a little bit, he sleeps. I took him for a walk right before he came over and he'll sleep through the night. <clears throat> and so I, so any sort of issues we have, you know, the biggest issues now being he really likes to be on furniture and mm. beds and the jumping. Yeah, But the jumping, he's more or less stopped doing it with me um he doesn't really do it with julia that much and he did it with my mom but she's only been over here once so i'm looking it up and i've been watching most this guy's videos on youtube his name is zach george he's like just the worst Got the just the worst (laughs) personality right just the most obnoxious right. YouTube personality crossed with a dog trainer that you can imagine. This is this guy. He's got, like, millions of right. subscribers. So I'm like, well, he's got to be doing something right. And all of his stuff is, like, the humane way to train a dog, right? Mm-hmm. Which is great. He's got some good suggestions that I've been following. But his suggestions for, like, the stop jumping or, like, leash pulling all involve, like, training your dog the first step is training your dog to make eye contact with you, which is like insane because I don't pretty sure my dog, like, I mean, I guess you
1: barely make eye contact with other humans. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) But I mean like on like an instinctual level, I don't think my dog, like, I don't think that registers with my dog. Maybe it does. I don't really feel like it does. And, and that the purpose of that is to serve. So like when he's, when we're out for a walk, I can say, look at me. And instead of focusing on the distractions around him, he pays attention to me and stops pulling on the leash, which is just like, whatever, man. Like, that does not, it's not working for this <laughs> yeah. dog. Like, this dog, if he sees a rabbit, he's like willing to twist his head off his neck to go get the right. rabbit. Right. He's like,
1: I will die trying to get this rabbit. Exactly. I'll die happy.
0: So he's doing the same thing with this jumping thing. Like, you know, a lot of people say just, you're supposed to just straight up ignore the dog if he jumps on you. You walk in, no eye contact, no vocalization, you walk past them just completely ignore it. Eventually they'll get the point. Um so th- so we've been trying that, but that's also like like I said it's like you also have people coming over, so it's like am I supposed to like give somebody detailed instructions yeah. for every time they come over to my house? Hey, by the way, ignore the dog.
1: Right, exactly.
0: <laughs> Right. Ignore this sixty pound dog that is literally has his paws on your chest. Yeah. So I look up some other videos and I'm watching this one that's like canine canine training, uh stop stop dog jumping in three seconds, right?
1: Oh, I love I love those claims. Right.
0: So I add a I and I add a couple of these, a couple of uh a couple of uh a variants to the Zach George humane mm-hmm. method, right? I mean, I'm not purposely searching for inhumane methods, right? (laughs) You're trying to find a happy medium. (laughs) So I'm watching this canine training, and this guy's video is six minutes long. And I would say four or five minutes of that is, like, this preamble that's basically saying, this is going to look really bad, but it's not really bad. (laughs) Up to the point where I'm thinking, like, I'm about to watch this guy do something to a dog that probably should not be on YouTube. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right? Right. And the last thing he says is like, now you might hear a yelp, but trust me, the dog will be fine. (laughs) So they run through this scenario and as soon as the dog starts to jump on somebody, mid jump, he jerks the leash to the side, to the right, super hard. And the dog just goes, and like circles around and comes back to his side and just sits down and looks like totally shell shocked. (laughs) <laughs> and oh. then, but then he was fine, did not jump on anybody else.
1: Well, yeah, All right. I would so, think I'm like, not.
0: so, I'm like, is that what I'm supposed to do? So, I go to the next video. The next video is a caesar Milan video, and they start off by saying, by doing the ignore thing you walk in, you ignore the dog. Uh, eventually, they'll get the point. Right. And by ignore, no, you don't talk to it, no eye contact, no touching. You step right past it and wait for it to calm down. Which even so, like like you saw with with him, it's like there's that calming down is probably going to take like five minutes. Yeah. Like like it feels like if you just ignore this dog, this, so that is somehow just ramping up his oh intensity. You yeah, know what I mean? totally. And so then he goes, and if that doesn't work, just give him a quick pop to the side with his leash. So I was like, all right, I guess this is the thing to do. Yeah. Um. So that's what I was trying when you came over, but but I I, I it obviously did not work, right? And mm. and I also feel like it, like I'm probably not doing it. I'm definitely not doing it as hard as the first guy did it. Yeah, but that's probably because yeah. I'm going to feel bad about Your it.
1: Your dog didn't fly through the <laughs> right. wall. Yeah. On the it was, other was enough side to get it
0: back to the ground. Yeah. Basically,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, I'm kind of thinking I'm no expert. But I'm kind of thinking, you know, the the one benefit I guess you have of that is. Because you have like is that called a training leash? Yeah. So, you know, basically if you have this leash where you're equating every time he has on that he's learning behavior, right, then that is something that I guess the idea is that it becomes imprinted in his mind. Whether he has the collar on or off, right? The the no jumping thing like that. Yeah. And I guess it makes sense that kind of the jerking to the side or any kind of momentum against what he wants to do, that will kind of re-register. I mean, I could see it working in my own brain, right? Right. You know, I keep going to the left and at least jerks me to the right every time. Well, when she takes the collar off of me, anytime I want to go left, I'm going to be like, uh, I'm going to, I still might get jerked back to the right, so I better not do that. Right. Like, it makes sense, I guess, in my mind. Maybe that's what, so i you know, I guess like adding that kind of sensory you know reinforcement uh makes sense,
2: yeah,
0: yeah, a lot of it too is repetition is repetition and and sort of being patient enough to realize like we've only had this dog since Sunday, so what is that right. four days, five days
1: i mean he's he's great he honestly yeah, like so it, he's he's been, not, yeah. he he's not he't bark when I knocked he's like yeah
0: he hardly barked chill well, and
1: quiet oh, we he,
0: we left today for the first time, and he was. To leave him by himself. Bark. And he went just bananas. <laughs> he went insane. He's the the curtains over there are shredded from him. They're not shredded, but they have holes in them from right. him jumping on them. I was in the car backing out of the driveway and I could hear him barking and whining from inside the house. <laughs> he barks so loud. But that's the only time he's barked. So yeah. But yeah, he's been he's been uh he's been great otherwise. Yeah.
2: He seems great.
0: He doesn't really seem to have as much personality as Willie did, but yeah. kind of a blank slate. Yeah. <laughs> he seems <laughs> good. He seems good so far. He likes he's very uh he's he's just he really likes attention is the only thing. But like I said, he's been like sleeping for most of the day today. Yeah. So it's like
2: I don't know. I just I just
1: it's funny that you say the personality thing. I think it was just like a passive, unconscious observation. There's a moment where he was sitting down next to you. Mm-hmm. And I just looked over, and I just remember feeling like, what a lonely existence to like <laughs> not understand the language of the people you're around. You don't understand right. what they're doing or what's going on. And you're just going to sit here. But then, I don't know, I looked at him, and I just kind of thought, i I think he's happy there's yeah. he's literally not thinking anything. He seems like the best dog to be in this kind of situation right where he just doesn't know what's going on, yeah, he seems like he's made for this
0: well, I mean that's what that's what I've been thinking about recently is that dogs have been bred for right. hundreds of years <laughs> just to be companions for like their sole purpose is just yes. to be happy that you're around. Yeah, and,
1: and <laughs> I think like he has achieved like a specific right. ideal. There may be other deficiencies but in terms of the companionship, yeah. It seems like you can't get any better than this. The dog literally seems just happy to sit there and stare at a wall. Right. He doesn't even need anything going on. <laughs> like he'll just yeah. Right. Yeah. This is why I was born.
2: Yeah.
0: Um it's funny that you bring up the happiness thing because I had something that I've saved in my notes for a while that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, And it's something that I was thinking about a lot for a while. uh, And then I'm thinking about enough that I wrote it down. I want to talk to you about, and it has to do with kids Mm -hmm. and how happy they are Mm. and, and sort of having, a realization as an adult watching my girls who are just seem to be like endlessly happy with the simplest stuff and then realizing like as adult, like as an adult, like I will never be that happy in my entire life. Yeah. Like your life from from at a certain point is just as like you will never be as happy as you were. You've seen too much.
1: Right. You've it, seen it too much. Is
0: like there's no way to like it's just as strange. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, do you ever think about that, or does that make you like, like I, I don't know, sad's not the right word, oh, no, yeah, but just yeah. is like wistful. Sh- yeah, I guess. Um,
1: yeah. So no, I think I actually think about that all the time. One thing that I really do think about is, I can see why people get so upset in the past over taxes. Taxes are literally, I I feel like that's a majority of my unhappiness.
0: You mean taxation? Yes. Uh huh. Is You mean just the premise of being taxed?
1: And worrying (laughs) about the taxes Uh and doing the taxes and the stress of taxes. Sure. Like the taxation process. I just got a letter in the mail saying that we had some stuff undeclared for like two years Mm. or something with a nice bill attached to it. Right. I don't remember leaving it. Like, I don't know if that's true. I don't remember. Like, dude, it's not a huge amount, but, you know, I mean, uh, it's a good amount. And I'm like.
0: And it's like an official letter. It's not like a scam.
1: No, no. They. I mean, I, I don't. Listen, I use H&R Block and I sure. do it myself. Yeah. And I, and I go based on what's sent to me in the mail. Yeah. So God knows something gets overlooked. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, I was thinking, I was like, that just bummed me out. Like, that bummed me out so <laughs> sure. Much. And when I actually look at how much my paycheck is being taken out for taxes, yeah, it bumps me out. Like like tax taxation, and I will never get to a, a point in my life where I'm not taxed. Therefore, I will never be able to access the, the joy of a child because <laughs> of taxes. Like like right. if for nothing. If I had everything else, knowing that once a year I would have to fill out an H and R block tax form and uh-huh. submit it and maybe get audited and maybe like that will cap my enjoyment of life right already so yeah as a kid think about it all the time like i didn't have to worry about my you know indie has no conception of money or mm. taxes <laughs> yeah but it's like so uh I, I will say this um so i was talking to chris and we were talking about Destiny Two that's coming up that you know we, we all kind of talked about maybe getting so we could play together. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about like these games and he he kind of makes these comments every now and again that he wishes like we had a game to play whenever we don't. You know, he's like, I wish we had something to play. And the last game we played together is Witcher Three. Mm-hmm. So that is a one player game. But we would go on Xbox, connect through party chat, and just Play the game mm-hmm. and talk about maybe what we were doing, but really just kind of hang out. And that was probably now that that's over, it's been done for a few months. We both look back on that and and we're both like, I think that that is it. That's what it felt mm-hmm. like to be a child again, like to actually give yourself over to a game and get sure. lost in it, and then connect with another friend. And the game and that connection was enough to literally sink ourselves into. Yeah. Like that's, I think that's the only thing it is in a, it. As a child, you're able to like submerse yourself fully in a different reality through, you don't need it. You need a box, right? You, you just need just one little spark. And mm. then you could make up whatever you want and just lose yourself in it. There's nothing else going on in your life. Yeah. As an adult, though, you're just, you know, I think Jonesing and searching. For the for something that can give you that kind of like all encompassing, I'm having an experience outside of my day to day, and uh, we just have more options. But I don't know that we can ever experience the buy in, or maybe there's too many distractions. I don't know exactly why it's not so easy to recapture. Like you think about it, we have all the things we need, right? Like. Mm-hmm. You have you're old enough to determine when you want to go to bed. Mm-hmm. You have your own house. You have your own like gaming system and TV. Like, that they're the components. Just mix them together, make it happen. Mm-hmm. But you can't. Yeah. You know, is it because of taxation? <laughs> it's always in your back back of your mind. Is it because now you're a parent, and you're exhausted? Is it because we're 35 and I can't like rep- I can't go three days without like eight to ten hours of sleep? Right. I don't know, but yeah, it's like it, that. That's the that's the reality of existence, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. It just seems strange that the older you get, the I don't know, not not the less happy you get. It just seems like it just seems like you should be working towards a goal of like being more happy, right? But then there's this certain there's a certain threshold where it just is like once you cross that, it's like Oh, no, you'll never be. And I guess you can make the argument of, like, satisfaction and sort of, like, uh, autonomy, but.
1: I, I think it's just your relationship with, like, happiness changes. Sure. It's like when you're a child, this is going to be sound really weird, but um, I'm not going to try and think of a better way to say it. It's like when you're a child, <laughs> you and happiness are like you're a married couple. Mm-hmm. you re- you know each other intimately mm-hmm. and you divorce you go through a divorce uh probably in your teens at some point when hormones start kicking in, relationships with other people become complicated, and all these other factors get thrown in your face, and you start at, you know needing to ask yourself like, am I a good person like am I Thinking about things correctly mm-hmm. and challenging yourself and it's hard work, which is one thing we're going to talk about later on today. I think is how many people don't do the hard work mm-hmm. and they just say like, "This is who I am. I'm not even going to think about it anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to try and be happy with it." Uh, and and then you know you kind of like now you you know you're, you're like estranged. You know, it's like maybe you have a you, you have a friendship after the divorce, but it's just yeah. never yeah. Forgot my force uh recommendation. Oh, really? Yeah. Just forgot what, um, it so, no, it exactly what it was? No, I know exactly what it was. It was something I was going for. So, yeah, I, w- I was gonna make it a forced recommendation because I wasn't just gonna recommend. I was gonna bring it over here and give it to you uh-huh. and hope that that would force you to read it. But it was uh, it's Jonathan Hickman's new series, mm-hmm. uh, the Black Monday Murders, well, mm-hmm. And to me, it's it's kind of the pinnacle of what he's been doing. So we talked about. Uh, talked about him on this show a little bit. He did Manhattan Projects, right? He did East of uh, West, mm-hmm. which I really like. I think I got, I forced you to read some. You didn't really yeah, care for it. Yeah, I the first one. Um, and those are kind of surreal, kind of uh, blow ups of reality, like like surreal, kind of um, absurdist. Mm-hmm. looks at real people, real problems, real issues. So, you know, kind of this whole atomic age is swallowed into the Manhattan Project and all the fear and paranoia and all of that and uses real people like Oppenheimer. But the story itself is completely bonkers. Mm-hmm. You know, there is just, like, hyper violence and, you know, Alternate dimensions and cannibalism and mental illness, and it is just, it goes for it. Yeah. But it's still like compelling to read. And you can see, I think, like the kernel of the ideas, even in these absurdist images, which to me is kind of like the key. If you are so absurdist that I can't connect emotionally or to any kind of story elements, then. Nine times out of ten, I'm just going to check out. Mm-hmm. I'm just not interested in that kind of stuff. Um, and I think Jonathan Hickman kind of flirts with that line in those two series. Yeah, where definitely. Where he just kind of goes maybe way off, and you're like, I don't even know what I'm looking at anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Black Monday <clears throat> murders, I think, is the first one where it feels like a complete cohesion of story and surreal images and kind of theme. And you really get a sense of like uh, what he's trying to say and what he's addressing, and I think it really works. And it's basically uh, an examination of capitalism Mm -hmm. in our capitalist structure. And so it takes, again, these kind of real families and stuff um, but it looks at the kind of this idea of an economic Illuminati as reality. So You've got these core people who control majority stakes of the economy in the United States. And there are other cabals like that from around the world. Different people who control the economic realities of their countries. Mm -hmm. And they're all kind of serving the god Mammon. And they all play these parts and have these roles. And there's occult symbology. And there are, again, these kind of like supernatural occurrences. But the theme is all very clear. And it really does feel like as pointed as a surreal satire can be very pointed attack at our economic system mm-hmm. and I think a compelling story you can still get the story out of it but uh, it uh, it did leave me walking away and being like yeah like that that absurdity is not as absurd as the reality you know what I mean Yeah. and as much as people want to build conspiracy theories around it this kind of shows you how If you take the idea, ideas inherent in our capitalist society, you would, conspiracy theories are easy to arise. Right. It's not, you know what I mean? It's not a stretch. Other areas of life, it's a stretch to get to the conspiracy where you're like, you know, the water is turning our frogs gay. Like, Alex Mm -hmm. Jones, I don't know what you're talking about. But if you apply it to our economic structure, you're like, oh, are, are there really only four? you know, families that are controlling the economic realities of, like, you know, no, but the reality isn't far off that. I've made the argument, I think it's true, we as people, as humanity, are just too stupid to kind of, like, coalesce around one conspiratorial identity Mm -hmm. and idea. We don't have the capacity of human nature to do that, we would eat ourselves, and it would fall apart, and it wouldn't be as long-lasting unless you add a supernatural element like what if there's a god mammon who needed to be fed by this greed Mm -hmm. and wanted to keep it going. Then maybe humanity could keep it going and only then barely, which Mm -hmm. is kind of what this series is about. How even with this reality of a god needing to be fed, you can still have infighting and strife and moving where it's like, what game are you playing? There's still an entity above you. Um, So anyway, I really really enjoyed it, and I mm. didn't expect it uh, to enjoy as much. It's like a mix of seven. I was trying to articulate this on the drive over. I was like, it's like um, it's like seven mixed with uh, crap, I forgot the occult one, and then mixed with Oliver Stone's Wall Street.
0: I've never seen Wall Street.
1: Yeah, you don't have to. It's like that. Mm-hmm. It's just like a wall Wall yeah. Street, you know, kind of uh Is that the first like
0: collection or whatever it's called
1: or it yeah. just is okay. And the second one's coming out later this year mm-hmm. in November, I think. And I'm really looking forward is to it. Is that
0: how you prefer to read comics in those like six episode <laughs> whatever they're called? Or do you prefer the weekly or I don't even know how they're released, to be
1: honest. Yeah, either. weekly or monthly, whatever they yeah. are. Weekly, monthly, no. Because those stories are so, you know, small. Uh, number one, I'm going to forget what, what I read the last week.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like I need it in a bigger chunk. But So one thing I find interesting, like I was thinking about this, with Saga. Saga has like whatever, monthly installments, weekly installments. Then they have the booklets, right, that kind of compile six to eight maybe. Mm-hmm. And then you have like the collections.
0: Yeah, like Which the yearly or whatever they are yearly
1: or whatever, and I'm like, okay, the yearly thing, I I can't wait that long,
0: it is, and it's too big.
1: It's too big. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wait that long. Although my my impulse might be more directed towards that collection, just for space mm-hmm. and for cost, just be like, just give me the one, right? But it it's too it's too long to wait for a story. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I have like six or seven saga booklets, and I forget what number I'm at. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I need to write it down to remember. Yeah. Um, and so it's not ideal. But, again, graphic novels take a long time to, you know, produce. Mm-hmm. So I think probably those booklets are the best thing for it. Yeah. Even though it's not ideal.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's kind of like uh, where television's at now. Where I'm just like, just, just, just give me the whole thing. I'm not. If I have to watch this thing week by week, I'm, there's a good chance I'm not going to make it. But if I have, if I can sit down and watch two or three episodes in a row, even if I don't care for the show, I'll finish the season or whatever.
1: I want to do like a Criterion collection for television shows, where basically what will market my service as something that's worth paying for and seeking out is I will meet with creators Mm -hmm. and we will sit down and we will rigorously go through their television show and they will tell me and help cut out anything that was filler or, or instituted by the, um, by the channel that Mm -hmm. they were, or the production company, like if they're like, hey guys, we need 12 episodes. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we only got 10. And they're like, we need 12. So they wrote blah, 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 this, that, the other thing. Even if it's elements within episodes. And we will cut those out. Mm -hmm. And we will give you just the story minus the, we need uh, the finale in two weeks, so we need two episodes of send them on a side quest, right? right? Like we would just eliminate side quests, just give you the basic story. Because that's the way I feel like when a, when a show is done, the, the length of it is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I just want to like go back and cut out the fat. Like I know there's fat because you had to serve the master of you know, the television channel and, and right. production company that needed it to fit their you know, kind of idea. So now that it's done, let's make it what you want. Let's chisel out the fat mm-hmm. and let's throw it up there and let's make breaking bad freaking three seasons. Right. That's all you need. You just need three seasons. You don't need this and that. You don't need this side stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, speaking of breaking bad, have you watched any more of Ozark? A no. show that, if I w- was watching week to week, I wouldn't have finished it.
1: Right. No, no, we we haven't gone back. We we actually have. Um, mo- unless you wanted to talk about Ozark, nope. I can talk about another show. Nope. And then I'm gonna stop. I don't have
0: anything talking. to say about Ozark.
1: <laughs> yeah. We. I mean, once we stopped watching, we really didn't care. Yeah. Um. We started watching a show called The Sinner.
0: Oh yeah, I, we've got it recorded.
1: Okay. Antonio Campos. Uh has made the show mm-hmm. and he's the guy who did um a, sh- a movie called after school he mm-hmm. did christine about christine Chubbuck in florida okay. in the 70s that like you killed herself on mm-hmm. air and after school too is like this miserablest kind of clinical look have you seen any uh haneke films michael haneke
0: um, cachet, the white ribbon. I've seen one of them. I yeah. can't remember what it is, though.
1: So it's definitely in that school of you know, clinical, detached looks at violence mm-hmm. and
0: oh, did funny, games. Do funny games.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I watched funny games. See, I, I love funny, I love both funny games that mm-hmm. he did, but it's, it's exactly that, right? There's a veneer underneath this kind of surface that is just disgusting and sick and violent, and right you know he kind of and Antonio Campos is clearly in that style. So the sinner is about a lady who um just goes to like a lake with her family, she has a small child mm-hmm. and just ends up stabbing a guy to death mm-hmm. on this beach and confesses to it and then they kind of investigation surrounding why she did it ensues and that and that's kind of what this what the show is about. Yeah. Um you know, I'm I'm in I'm enjoying it. Elise and I both are enjoying it. Um. I I do struggle with this kind of approach to, you know, that Haneke approach or like this um clinically detached look at at the violence of society bubbling underneath the surface. Sure. To almost be like the ultimate kind of like art house masturbatory story to tell, you know, that even though I agree with those ideas, I find that Haneke is a smart, a smart dude. Like you know, he has, I think, really good ideas about society. Mm-hmm. But when it's done bad, it can really quickly. Dip over into oh yeah you know I mean like come on mm-hmm. like uh and Antonio Campos he's I think he's young enough and he, this whole collective they do kind of the again that clinical detached look at characters they did another um movie that I watched that again they're skilled enough to pull it off but it comes danger dangerously close to the kids sitting in the corner. Like looking out the window, and anytime you talk to them, they're like, "Why should I even say hi to you?" It doesn't even matter. Mm -hmm. You're denying the reality. You know, any kind of passive greeting is a denial of our basic animal essence. Mm -hmm. You know, and the violent inherent in any greeting that you might have extend to somebody could quickly turn into. You know, I mean, it Mm -hmm. definitely seems like a treatise of like, "Okay, buddy, I get suburbia Mm -hmm. is a nightmare."
0: Hellscape. Everything's a lie.
1: Everything's a lie. I get it. We all have this, you know, element to our nature. But I mean, like, can you can you give me something else? Can you vary give me a variable a little bit? Mm-hmm. Um and 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 the last thing I'll say is it kind of makes me feel again like some of these people strike me as the ones who would be like, I'm never doing a Marvel film. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, but I will do uh, a fictitious exploration of a lady who shoots herself live on air. Right. It's like, well, that's as kind of ridiculous as anybody trying to be like, I'm gonna show a tidal wave crashing into New York City. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like I'm just gonna show an inner tidal wave crash again. This lady, this lonely, mm-hmm. isolated lady. You know, it's like it's the same you guys are playing on the same spectrum, just other other ends, you know what I mean? You're still mm-hmm. going for spectacle and, you know, shock and awe, right? Mm, yeah. I mean, it, am, I, am I off on that? Like, I, I feel that way sometimes where, like, the people who criticize the big budget stuff are like, you're doing sure. big budget on a lower scale, but it's just as ridiculous what you're doing with your Yeah, character.
0: I mean, sure. It depends on the movie, right? It depends on how it's handled, of course, but I wouldn't say... Well, I haven't seen any of the movies, so mm-hmm. I can't I can't really say. You know, I haven't seen the big blockbuster superhero movies and I haven't seen Christine or whatever.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I can't really say. I, I would I would say inherently they're obviously different. I would find them to be different based on the premise. Well but,
2: they're but different of, movies, right but but, but, of,
0: <laughs> but of course they can be handled simil- similarly.
1: Yeah, well, if yeah. You're just talking
0: about like the spectacle of it.
1: Yeah, I'm talking yeah, I I think what I'm talking about is kind of this this idea that uh you know, okay, I think a, I think a good example I would
0: argue that an exploration of personal turmoil through a recreation of like a this horrific
1: on-air season. on-air
0: event is inherently more interesting than watching the personal tor- turmoil of a Seventeen-year-old Spider-Man yeah. <laughs> keep a train from falling apart or whatever. Okay,
1: I, I'll I'll say this. <laughs> I, I really do think that I, I didn't make myself clear to say that I think Antonio Campos stays on the right side of the stuff. I sure, mean, I, I, I watch his stuff. I'm excited about The Sinner. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm I'm on board. I could definitely. I I think what made me think about that is that the fact that The Sinner is a TV show, mm-hmm. and so naturally, when you're telling longer stories, I think TV shows invite kind of. This, these side issues, because you got so much time, right? Mm-hmm. You can't just tell your hour and a half story and get out of Christine Chubbuck. You have to like fill it with stuff. And already some of the filler is kind of ridiculous. Um, and so th- there's, that, there's that idea that it could go campy v- very quickly and, and very ridiculously. Um, but, I, but I guess what I was meaning to say is like, somebody like Sam Mendes to me is a perfect example. Yeah. Before I can get he that. made 007, like now right. that he's making 007, but back when he was making Revolutionary Road, it's like, see this drama where Leonardo DiCaprio throws a chair against the wall. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because he just can't deal with his wife. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, this is cinema. These people fighting and bickering in their relationship is like, man, that's that's where art is at, right? And it's like, Watching him argue with his wife and throw a chair against a wall I, is as ridiculous as me going and watching like sure. a, a big explosion. But
0: I would argue I had the exact same feelings about the uh, whatever that stupid uh, Leonardo DiCaprio movie was "The Bear." It's the same thing.
1: The Re- revenant.
0: Yeah, the revenant. Oh
1: no, to- I totally. find that
0: to be the exact same thing.
1: Yeah, the only reason why I don't use that is because it is spectacle. Uh, I mean, I do like it. I do like the idea that Inarritu criticized superhero movies, and he had his guy, you know, ride a horse off of a cliff, yeah, and survive. Right. And, and it's then like climb into oh, so a dead body. <laughs> right, that's like Iron Man, you right. know, falling from his yeah. uh, tower onto the ground and walking away like he made him a superhero in that moment um so no yeah totally but i think more about like this idea that maybe even like uh period pieces are somehow inherently more valuable artistically than like the blockbuster but then what you have your characters arguing about is you know like infidelity and uh, these histrionics surrounding these relationships that are like, this is a cartoon, mm-hmm. you know. This is a cartoon relationship that is trying to be dressed up as as real. I mean, it's drama very art.
0: sort of worn territory, right?
2: It's just very kind of stale. Right. So the sinner. It's yeah. a miniseries, right?
1: I think so. Yeah.
0: And it's not over yet.
1: I, I don't think so. We we've watched two. I don't even know what night it airs just new episode appears i'm like oh there it is
0: yeah we've been watching fargo or trying to watch fargo at least so mm. but but we've been recording it season one yeah season one we're only four episodes in.
1: yeah wow yeah so i'll take that as a as your view yeah if I, it's i'm
0: not that into it Uh i think julia likes it all right but it's just been a busy busy couple weeks for us yeah um So we haven't been able to, we've been doing like one a night, but then we've had a busy like past week. So we haven't been able to keep up, but we'll probably, I mean, unless something really drastic happens, we'll probably finish the first season, but I don't know, man. Maybe not the second. It's not for me.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, I think the second has a lot more going for it and a lot more going on. I Mm -hmm. would, I would, I would recommend giving that a shot because I had problems with season one. Mm hmm. I, I honestly, I might not have made it if uh, the that lady wasn't in it, um, who plays the, the cop. cop. Yeah, she's good. I think she's, I think she's really good, and I really liked what she was doing in there. I thought Billy Bob Thornton was was much. Martin Freeman, I like him. He's he's not ideal. Yeah, I can't ideal. handle Martin Freeman. Yeah, I, I would say season two is is worth it, and I don't think you'll be a big fan of season three
0: or Colin Hanks. Uh, and it's like an anthology series, right? So the Second season, the same people aren't in it, but it's related,
2: right?
1: It's basically, I don't know if they've talked about it. Have you met her father? Yeah, he's the Wild chef. Bill. Yeah. He makes a reference to something that happened when he was yeah. in the service. It's that. Oh, okay. And so they, they explore what happened to him. Mm. And I think he is inherently an interesting character. And I think also how they kind of retcon. How he is the way he is, mm-hmm. uh, it all fits like as a character piece.
0: So, is he played by uh, that guy from The Watchmen
2: in the second season? Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, no, it's, it, it, it's so worth it. And when they get to like what happened, it, it totally pays off. And it pays off in a Cohen Brothers way mm-hmm. that fits with that universe and really is, sa- you know, it was really satisfying. I really right. enjoyed it. Uh, really quick, so you are, as, as much as you can be, you're, you're a Coen Brothers fan. because You're not big on directors, period. But do you like Coen Brothers movies? Yeah. Do you know off the top of your head which ones you have not seen?
0: Uh, I fell asleep during Barton Fink. I've never finished that.
1: Oh. <laughs> um,
0: I've never finished... Finished their Irish mob movie. What's that called? Miller's Crossing. I never watched Miller's Crossing. I've never finished Miller's Crossing, mm-hmm. and I've never seen. Oh, I've never finished Oh Brother,
2: because
0: mm-hmm. my dad loved that movie. Yeah. So I've seen parts of that, and I never seen the Llewellyn Davis movie. Mm-hmm. And I. Th- it's a Lewin. Well, whatever. Yeah, right. I think, have some respect. I think that's it. I think that's it. What's okay. their latest movie?
1: Uh, Hail Caesar.
0: I never. Saw, I'm not going to see that. Not interested whatsoever.
1: Um, what was their last one? I mean, you saw. Uh,
0: I've seen No Country. I've seen Lady Killers. I've seen True Grit. Burn After Reading. I've seen True Grit. I've seen Blood Simple. Uh, Raising Arizona. Fargo, of course. The man who wasn't there. Uh, I've seen the man. who Yep, black is black and white. Yeah,
1: Billy Bob Thornton.
0: Yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Um, a serious man. Yep, we saw a serious man at the narrow. It's one of my favorite m- movie movie experiences I've ever had. This one moment <laughs> where Julia and I are at the narrow. And there's a scene where he's, like, spying on a woman getting undressed. <laughs> His neighbor, yeah. And we're in this little local theater. It's completely quiet. And it starts, like, zooming in on this woman getting undressed. And all of a sudden, you just hear some weird old man go, hehehehe.
2: was <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Uh, yes. Who are we in this theater with? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: He was reliving a old memory. Thing. Yeah,
0: I guess there. so. I'm trying to look up their movies now, but
1: yeah, I was I was just curious. I I find it interesting. There's um there's a series on uh I think it's Vimeo. The director series. This guy does um. Directors like he did the Coen brothers, he did PT Anderson. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's doing, he might be done. Um, he was doing Christopher Nolan for in preparation for Dunkirk, but he basically will go through a director's filmography and, um, and kind of show how it all fits like he ties it all
0: together, right? Big Lebowski. How how could we forget that? Oh man, is wonderful! Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. that's I've, I've seen most of the movies.
1: I think it, I think it's interesting that they are so specific. They're such specific filmmakers that you can actually build a world out of what they've done. Yeah, like it's one of the they're one of the few people that you could translate into a show and actually like put in rules to to have a Coen Brothers universe. Like all their movies kind of obey these rules. I feel like it it all becomes part of a piece. It feels mm-hmm. almost like Stephen King's. Literary canon where all these stories are happening in different parts of the same right. universe. Yeah. Because they're all obeying the same kind of rule. Um, I find that, you know, totally fascinating. Really quick, talking about P. T. Anderson. Punch Drunk Love might be one of my all-time like top five favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And this might be, I, I don't want to hijack this transition um but i was thinking this would be a perfect segue into our discussion of charlottesville uh-huh i have a new theory about punch drunk love okay and you like that movie too right yeah we just watched it like a month ago maybe. anything else god bless america all right, right? <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> ah exactly not at this point <laughs> exactly um you know one thing that i did want to bring up as a side note did you listen to i know you stopped listening to reply all did you listen to the uber one no where i've been the,
0: listening oh,
1: yeah, oh no that, i just that, that started listening yeah right yeah no
0: i haven't listened to an uber one
1: they did an episode where one of their uber accounts got hacked
0: mm-hmm.
1: my uber account got hacked in the same way yours did yeah you,
0: have you ever you've used uber before i've
1: never used uber before why do you have uber why because do you have an uber account when i was in new york uh visiting oh, okay. tony uh-huh. i had to get to the airport and he was like uber's the best way so i downloaded it but i was having trouble like saying it up for the first time he's like uh-huh. i'll i'll do it for you so i downloaded it and he and all i got to do was set up my link my paypal account and then he uh he got me the, the, the Uber mm-hmm. and, uh, and I never used it, but I, I didn't. Do- so number one, one thing that they looked into is like, is impossible to close out like your Uber account mm-hmm. and their help stuff is atrocious. It's like purposefully send us a screen, like no number to call. You have to, you know, use their help menu which doesn't have one for my account. There's no like my account's been hacked. Oh yeah. You have to do like incorrect fare. What's the reason my account has been hacked and then email them. Then they email you something back. You never get to talk to a person.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It is frustrating. And like in real time, I was watching as people were just getting rides. Like it was constant. Oh, really? Yeah. It wasn't like there was one for $30 that got posted. Mm. Then in the course of like five minutes, I got four other like, and it was on my app and I had to go like to Uber and like decline the stuff through through my um, app and all the experiences they had I had were basically like somebody got my account information but it's not like, so today I woke up this morning, another. Uber um charge. Uh-huh. I had closed down my Uber again. I can't close it. my Uber. Still active. My PayPal. It won't let me uh remove PayPal yeah. because it's my only pay source, and they won't let you have the app with no pay source. Right. Um. So my. So I've changed all my Uber stuff. And PayPal. My PayPal is blocking all draws from Uber.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, PayPal just. Drew from my account this morning, but it wasn't from my PayPal. It was from, I think somebody got my banking info oh, from PayPal and then attached to their PayPal. Account. Right. So I had my bank put a hold on all PayPal. Drugs. Yeah. So like PayPal cannot draw from my account anymore. And that seems to have locked it. Like, I'm checking now kind of regularly to see yeah. if anything else pops up.
0: That's crazy.
1: Yeah, but for for now that seems to have dealt with it. But yeah, it's it's like Uber's already a terrible company, but it's mm-hmm. it's so insane how like you can have a tech app. Like I feel like this could destroy somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, to to have your information get hacked. Yeah, absolutely. You have a crappy bank or whatever and all of a sudden and Uber's going to be like, uh email us and we'll get back to you and we're not going to talk to you.
0: This is a known thing, and they have no way to deal with it.
1: There's a reply all episode about it, and it's still wow. like, yeah, you would think that they'd be like, hey, yeah, we're going to address it. And like, nope. I mean, their CEO, maybe they're having. Well, trouble they don't have the, a CEO. Exactly, right now, yeah. exactly. They're having trouble at the at the head of the ship. So maybe yeah. like this stuff they can't deal with. But yeah, it sucks, man. It's terrible, and it, and it, it is such like a terrible feeling of having your information be like. It's one of those things you don't really think about until it happens to you. And then yeah. it happens to you, you're like, it feels disgusting. That's crazy. Yeah. So it was 19, like a $19 charge. I'm on my way home. I'm actually calling Bank of America. They won't let you uh, challenge a, a, a charge until it's been posted. And
2: yeah. You Gotta deal with that. That was the only other update. Oh. A game that I feel like all of us could play together
0: to just do whatever Civ Rev, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, because that does have online play, right? Yeah. Oh, shoot. That was, that was easy.
0: But uh, you probably but have to- But you're going to kill us. At this point, yes. Yeah, at You would You definitely point. have to watch some Joe Leonard videos. Ugh. Um. But- You'd have to buy it. Unless you owned it digitally before you'd have yeah, to rebuy I have it. it. Oh,
1: okay. I, I downloaded it again. Actually, I was showing indie. Yeah. Little much. You know, really quick. I got I've i got. I've been like missing words here. I got. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> I've gotten uh back into you know, kind of board gaming. So that was something that I kind of committed to mm-hmm. you know, a while ago. I've been slowly building my repertoire. Right. And I just jumped on Amazon; they had a sale and, and got some new stuff. Um, but the one thing that you know, and maybe this is Adventure Zone working on me, I um. I want to do like a. Not a campaign game. I think I want to work myself up to that. Mm-hmm. But they have these kind of like. V- longer form involved investigatory games mm-hmm. that aren't like rolling dice and you know doing that stuff where you're you're like there's these Sherlock Holmes games that Uh I've been I've been looking and I think I want to get one of those um and then play that like get a big game night together and like play that Mm -hmm. but like um and maybe like try and do that like once a month or something yeah I think that'd be fun yeah um but I'm gonna try and give that a shot. Um, don't know if you'd be interested. Sure. Get everybody together. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like with stuff like that, you need some buy in of just like that the experience is going to be worth it, or else, yeah, you yeah, know, it'll go off the rails quick, probably. Right. I, I also want to say one other thing about now I mentioned Adventure Zone. Um, one thing that helped with my anxiety attack was just listening to some adventures. Oh, yeah. And I saw on Twitter, some film guy was, you know, he just tweeted like, I'm finding it hard to care about movies right now. And I have to say, since the Trump presidency, I've never found it easier to care about movies. (laughs) Like, you know, on the one hand, there is just the escape element that they provide me that I enjoy. Yeah. But on the other hand, like, it really kind of shows me like stories matter. Like, that to me is one thing that I look to for like, hope. And value mm-hmm. is like let's tell like good stories. Let's challenge each other. Let's like challenge assumptions and grow and kind of like you know that's a that's a safe space to do it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I was talking to somebody else and I was like, you know, it, it's not to me. It's not movies. Like when people talk or hear me talk, they're like oh, you like movies? No, I don't like movies. I like what movies do to me or right. do for me. Like I like the fact that. If I'm scared of something, I can usually find a movie about that, watch it, and I'm not in danger of, like, anything bad happening to me, you mm. know? So it's, like, if, if you know, like, these white supremacists, like, if they're scared of black culture, you know, if, uh, you know, people uh, are scared of transgender people, well, you could, like... Listen to some rap music, or uh, watch some movies, or read a book. You know about the experience of what it's like to grow up black. And guess what? You're not going to get hurt mm-hmm. in any of those situations, mm-hmm. right? You're not going to get attacked. You're not going to get shot at. You're not going to get intimidated. You know because yeah. you're you're engaging it. It's it's something that hopefully you can open up to and like explore and understand more. Yeah. And you don't have to even worry about like saying the wrong thing in a conversation with somebody, you know? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's just there. Um so I mean, I I don't know, man. I feel like even after Charlottesville, like movies are a place that I want to go back to. Like they're a place that I want to indulge in even if it's just to escape or like just art, right? Like just listen to Adventure Zone and it's like is it you know, some people playing D anD D, yeah, mm-hmm. but it's also a lot more. Number one, if you want it to be, if you open yourself up, they are yeah. telling something that I think is valuable in terms of a story. But it's it's also just fun, and it will just like it relaxes, yeah. you know. So I don't know, man. I I don't get these people who, yeah, in like tough times, are like yeah, just you know, I just can't find any joy in uh daily life anymore. Mm-hmm. Everything's terror and nightmare and horror sure. and. You know, tears and fear and, you know, you're just, you're feeding into the same cycle then. Yeah. Like, if you like movies, go watch a movie.
2: Yeah.
0: I have a hard time enjoying anything in general. It's not yeah. Nothing to do with politics.
1: Ex- exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's. So, I really want to maybe put this on, maybe to hold ourselves accountable if nothing else. Um, next week, make happy, Bo Burnham.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'll do my best.
1: I have I have a lot to say about okay. that one hour special, and I need to get sure. it on uh, on vinyl.
0: Okay. Well, that that's a reference um, to make happy that you'll get oh, okay. when you
1: watch the. Uh, I need to press it to vinyl.
0: I'll do my best. Please
1: do.